0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.
1: Now, groups giving out food to people on the streets in Dublin might need to get permits under new council plans. Dublin City Council say they're examining the pros and cons of regulating on food street food services in the capital. Now, it's at its very earliest stages and the first steps will be to consult with the groups who are providing uh, these services. Now, to talk about this, I'm joined by the CEO of Mendicity, a food service delivering food for over 200 years, Luisa Santoro, and uh, a rigor within the entertainment industry and formerly someone who availed of these services while he was homeless, Andy Flack. Good morning and welcome to you both. Andy, will you talk to us about your experience of these food services and how useful or otherwise they were?
0: So they, they were definitely use, useful. Where uh, When I um, couldn't get any work, um, uh, just for various different reasons, um, the, the 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 ability to actually get food were, was was amazing because it takes so much pressure off yourself that you can understand why people sort of fall off even further if the, if you can't get simple things like shelter and food food is the biggest one um uh, it was a godsend really yeah
1: so uh, so how did you use that uh, food the the different food services and which ones did you use
0: uh, so uh, originally um i used mustard mustard seed um and that was simply because that was the first one that I came across mm-hmm. it. um and it was i think i was walking down the canal um back to where i was staying and i was incredibly depressed going i haven't eaten for for a day and a half um what the hell am i gonna do <laughs> basically yeah. um and it was someone else that 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 saw me and and one of the vans had just gone past and i spoke to them and funnily enough, he, he turned around and goes, look, there's another one turning up in an hour. Um, have you eaten? And I sort of said no. And he gave me one of the sandwiches that he'd got. So, so the kindness from, from actually homeless people as well yeah. is unbelievable, the fact that they'll share. So I hung around for an hour and met the mustard tea guys. And I used that for a while. And then, um, uh, then I came across Together for Homeless that were on Grafton Street yeah. uh, where I could get hot food. Um, and I ended up, uh, sort of using them and, and going there and what was really nice about that was cuz there was there was almost a sense of community you weren't mm. classed as an outsider or anything like that they were just friendly yeah, you you could sit there have a chat you you felt normal basically
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, cuz you were with people who were having the same sort of experiences well, you It's not even
0: that it, it's the people that were actually serving the food um it it's the fact that um yeah they they treat you like a friend, like a person, yeah. yeah. Um, and and most of the places that that, that I've seen, and I, I've I've walked around the city sort of daily uh, whilst I, whilst I was on the streets, um, just looking at looking and watching. Um, and you could see in most places that were giving out food, is you could see people just getting on with their life as much as they could,
1: yeah. Whilst they were in
0: that situation,
1: and I mean. Food is so vital, but food is fuel as well. And if, if yes. you're fed, your mood improves a bit anyway.
0: Yeah, and it, it helps you get up and get out as well, which is really, really important. Yeah. Um, How
1: long did it take you to get back on your feet?
0: Uh, about six months. Okay. About six months. Um, I still have to use the, the services sometimes, uh, and that's simply because uh, the, the, the market that I work in has changed slightly. Um, and whilst, pe- whilst that market adjusts, People like me have always sort of...
1: Okay, but you're a freelance, effectively. Yeah, you, yeah. you work where the work is yeah. and when the work is. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes you... <laughs> sometimes <laughs> bit, there's nothing. <laughs> yeah, a bit stressed and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and have to avail of the yeah. services. And the idea that such services should be um, licensed or require permits, uh, do you have any view on that? Because, you know, the good ones will probably get permits anyway and nothing will change.
0: <sighs> so re- regulation it, it can be a good thing. And it can be an incredibly bad thing at the same time. Um, so, I understand the, the the regulation side of things of making sure that you don't get a bad service; that you don't get poisoned. Yeah, but at the same time, you've got um, groups um, that are out there that are fe- feeding their, their families the same, basically, the same food. They're just cooking it a bit more, right, yeah. um, and then bringing it out, right. So it, they're not planning on poisoning their families. <laughs> so, um,
1: and they're the people who might have difficulty getting a permit. But,
0: but there's also the fact that in a world that we all need to come together a little bit more and not fight each other, well, why are we trying to regulate just normal people that just actually want to help?
1: All right. Um, uh, uh, um, thank you very much for the insight, uh, Andy, into what you went through and uh, how the services actually work for, for people who, who um, fall upon them. Uh, Luisa Santora, the CEO of Mendicity, in action for 205 years.
2: Not personally, but yes, Mendicity yeah, has been 205 years. <laughs>
1: but was that so originally the Mendicity Institute? Institution, yeah, yeah, that's right. And that Mendicity was on Dame Street, there, was it not? Exa-
2: it was in the O D S and then moved down to Usher's Island and is now on Island Street. So, Minor moves within a small postcode. Okay.
1: Now, what is your feeling about the possibility of permits being introduced?
2: I think that this country has no shortage of regulation and regulatory frameworks. We have the Health and Safety Authority, with the Private Security Authority, Food Safety Authority. I could go on, the Charities Regulator. Um, What we have is a shortage of enforcement and we have a shortage of application and we have come to see regulation as being something that is highly adversarial and immediately everybody starts to worry, we will Mm -hmm. be very regulated and I think we use it in many ways as our calling card. Now
1: explain how you're regulated at the moment.
2: We are compliant with Charities Regulator, we have a CHY number with the revenue, we have routine inspections with the Health and Safety Authority, um, Food Safety Authority, all of our staff are food um, trained. So, you know... (laughs) And all so this of those, is yet another
1: layer that might be imposed upon it's you. It's
2: another layer, but actually I think it's we are sort of looking at regulation as a positive thing. We want regulation to be something that we can offer people best-in-class services. But as to whether or not this comes in a way that is supportive and um, collegial or whether it comes as something that is seen more as a penalty.
1: Now, explain uh, your operation, who tends to use Uh, Mendicity because we know for example and uh, I've been down with uh, Brother Kevin who's now retired in Church Street and I know the way his operation works that people come and they are served food and then there will be on particular days there'll be food parcels and and so on to to take home Uh, and I've seen that in in operation how does Mendicity
2: operate? You should come and visit us too now next time but we certainly we offer a hot meal and we are open from 8 we offer a hot meal throughout the day we do two main meals a sort of a breakfast and a hot lunch. We're open six days a week. Um, During COVID we put in additional services, which was like a shower and laundry for people that were sleeping outside. And We also, from last year, we've started giving out packets of groceries, bags of groceries, for people that are not necessarily homeless but are living in the community and And are struggling. Um, One of the things that we do, and I know that the report and findings from the DRHE makes a lot about people forced to queue in public view, we give out food parcels um, throughout the week. So people, we don't have a particular hour that people can come and get them where they need to queue. So you
1: you have a location and that's maybe key to um, maybe your situation is very regularised and you're easy to find. For people who are arriving on the streets with with what the cowboys would call chuck wagons, um, what about them? Should they be regulated more thoroughly so that everyone knows who they are, where their kitchen is, how the food is prepared and so on?
2: I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that this is something about public confidence as well and certainly you know we need to look at the health and safety issue of it, that we want to make sure that people are meeting the right standards if they're going to deliver services to people who are vulnerable. Um, additionally we have to look at the whole sector, so it's not just the food services that are on the streets that may be highly visible, but it's food services across the sector, whether that will be accommodation that is provided and paid for in the public purse that that would be where the regular I think should
1: start Start there Yeah absolutely Because I'm wondering and Andy you might be able to fill me in on this uh, there are lots of soup runs you know the most famous one I suppose originally was the Simon uh, Community Mm -hmm. Soup Run uh, which was maybe the the grandfather of all the the soup runs but uh, in the city at night you can find various outposts where food is uh, delivered Uh, some of the homeless people that I spoke to said there was almost too much on offer some nights and uh, maybe less so on other nights Um, do all of these services catch people who are falling through the cracks in the other services?
0: Uh, I think possibly, yeah. Um, Because there is, it's like anything, right? So you've got to want help uh, to be able to get it. So sometimes it's human nature to be embarrassed about going into a big service because you don't want to admit you're there. Um, so, so yeah, it definitely definitely will catch. Yeah, catch because I, really I I've
1: been out at, you know the dead of night and the early hours of the morning with some of the 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 services and literally there are people who are sleeping on cardboard uh, in a sleeping bag and the food is delivered to them and is very much welcomed by yeah. them. You know they have not queued, they haven't uh, yeah. maybe. <laughs> The courage to, to face the humiliation sometimes. It's, it's the
2: food and the contact. It, it
0: definitely takes courage to go and stand in that line. It takes courage. Yeah, it takes a huge amount of courage because you you are afraid about what other people will think of you. So, but at the same time, you, you were saying about um, uh, cues in the public eye. I think cues in the public eye need to be seen. Right, we can't just brush it under the carpet. Yeah. So if they're going to regulate something, right, well. To a certain extent, you've got to look at, and I get your point on, on, on safety and, and making sure the food is safe, but where are we going to put, where's that public money going to go? Can we not look at the problem? Can we not look at how to really support these people when they fall through the cracks? Yeah. Um, regulation costs money.
2: Yeah. Well, um, Louise, go on. There is a visibility point on this and it's a point well made that we what we see people queuing for food, it sort of forces us to confront that we have a growing food poverty problem mm. in this city that is going totally unchecked. And this is something that I'd love to see, aside from the report that was released by the DRHE and the findings to DCC, I'd love to see DCC really proactively look at this because we know that there are people that are really struggling to make ends meet. Whether we need to do something that is different from people queuing at the GPO but we can't just not see it and one of the things in the report the finding was that that they should be Monday to Friday what happens to people hungry Saturday on Saturdays too yeah, yeah.
1: same as the hospitals by the <laughs> way absolutely know? yeah. A Monday to Friday Monday world. to
2: Friday like homelessness it's Monday. not Monday
1: to Friday well, look, problem thank you both very much for joining us in studio rigour within the entertainment industry formerly a homeless person Andy Flack Andy thank you and Luisa Santoro CEO of Mendicity uh, thank you also for joining us